Hi, I'm Sunny, and this is my podcast, Creator Created Creating, short and sweet mindset shifts for intentional life creation. Getting free of guilt and shame. (laughs) So I want to talk about guilt and shame. Yay! (laughs) Everybody's favorite topic. (laughs) But we need to talk about it because it's there. It's there all the time in a thousand different ways. And if we don't address it, it'll address us. (laughs) It'll show up in our lives in all kinds of funky ways and in our hearts and our bodies and our souls. And it will feel like a heavy cloak to wear. And you don't need that cloak anymore. You can get free of that cloak. It probably won't happen all at once, but it happens a little bit at a time. What's happened for me is I've gone in and out of that cloak, in and out of that cloak. And I spend a little more time out of it than the last time. A little more time out of it. And then I go back in. Because it's comfortable in there. <laughs> it's comfortable in there, right? I mean, we've, we've been raised with it. We've been stewed in it. We've been living with it since we were born. This unconscious subconscious guilt and shame that that heaviness that we just carry with us and we feel like it's part of us and we need it and it's protection um there's there's so much to say about that but i want to try to approach it hopefully simply today but like i said i don't plan these things i just see i start them and i just see where they go but anyway so i've spent more more and more time out of that heavy cloak of guilt and shame and less and less time in it. And now I feel like I've really experienced a radical shift in terms of that. Um, Just in the last couple of months, honestly, kind of when I started this podcast, honestly. And um, I have more to say about that why I started this podcast and kind of what changed for me and everything. And I think I'm going to leave that another episode, but remind me if I forget. So in this podcast, I want to talk about how to get free of guilt and shame, how to start to get free of guilt and shame by first helping us understand it a little bit more. And also by inviting you to join me this month this couple of months or this year in adding an affirmation. If you have a daily affirmation practice or set up reminders on your phone to pop up and remind remind you of an intention that you're setting for yourself or an affirmation and you care to or feel resonant with joining me in this one, 
I received kind of a download and guidance when I was um, getting a massage the other day. Um, During that, it just came in that I was supposed to write down on my affirmation list to repeat every day, I am innocence. And the understanding of why I needed to do that came after the fact, but I just understood that I am innocence is what I needed to write down and that needed to be my thing. And at first I was like, what? Why? I mean, yeah, I get it, kind of, but like, really? <laughs> like, really? Like, why? I Part of me understood it and my mental reasoning parts like I have other priorities (laughs) like I don't really need that and of course my mind doesn't want to write that down because my mind is rather invested in the opposite my subconscious mind is ultra invested in me being guilty so of course it's like why should I do that I don't want to do that (laughs) I can't do that I'm not innocent I am guilty I was born guilty And I always will be guilty, which brings me to my understanding. So after my massage, I was waiting. I went to go pick up dinner and I was waiting for um, in the parking lot for dinner. And and I basically just kind of asked myself. Why? So I recognize I'm that the innocence thing was the medicine. It was being offered to me as a medicine for guilt because it's the opposite of guilt, this guilt and shame that I'm always holding. And so I recognize that, but I also know that anything that I'm holding, I'm also getting something from holding that thing. There's a benefit for me, always. Anything that I don't want to be experiencing that I'm still experiencing, I am getting a benefit from that in, of some kind if I am willing and brave enough to look for it. So I just, I sat and I closed my eyes and I asked myself, Why are you holding this guilt? What are you getting from this guilt? What are you getting out of it? And I just closed my eyes and I just went into a kind of a blank meditative state. And the first thing that I saw was an image of a heart, not not a heart-shaped heart, a human heart. Uh, That image of the human heart with the thorns wrapped around it and the light coming out of it, like those religious images, I'm sure you've seen them. So it's like the thorns wrapped around the heart, making the heart bleed and the light coming out of the heart. And I just instantly understood (laughs) what that meant. I instantly understood that that was the reason why I'm holding on to it is because it makes me good. It makes me a good person because my religious programming, I'm not religious anymore. And this is no disrespect to religion. It's just exploring the effects of religious beliefs on us. And my conclusion, by the way, before I go further into this, is that even if you were raised in a household that was not religious in any way, you still will have been touched by this because our entire civilization and society is based on religious programming and our entire humanity (laughs) for 
thousands and thousands of years is based on that. So our culture is absolutely saturated in it. Our media, our stories, our movies, our films, our books, everything is saturated in it. So nobody's untouched by this guilt and shame. You know, we eat guilt and shame for breakfast. (laughs) We, We are carrying it deep, deep in our being all of us. And some of us are more or less in touch with that, more or less affected by that, but we all carry it on some level. Just for the simplest things, like I'm not a good enough person. I'm not enough. I, I'm not a saint. I'm not a pure person. I'm not, you know, I'm not holy. I'm not selfless enough i'm i'm selfish i'm i'm actually want things i have desires like we're told from the moment that we're born basically it's especially so if you've had religious upbringing that you're a sinner you're a sinner that you are you know evil not evil but you have evil and you are a sinner and basically like humans are just trash who need to be saved from themselves So, you know, it's the deep human experience to not feel enough because of that core, core wounding that has told us that we are horribly broken and horrible, just horrible at our core, that we're just rotten at our core, basically, and that all we can do is work really, really hard and suffer, thus the thorns in the heart. Our suffering redeems us. So as I saw this heart, then I also thought of, of course, that image is about Jesus, um, Jesus and his suffering to forgive us for our sins. How he allowed himself to die on the cross and be tortured and persecuted uh, to forgive us for our sins. And in every religion, there's some form of suffering and sacrifice, martyrdom, basically, to be forgiven for your human um, feelings, <laughs> your human feelings and attributes, your, all of those normal things that we have determined are evil or bad and um, definitely not worthy. So we are taught that In order to be forgiven for our sins of selfishness, having desires, uh, needing things, not being totally selfless and saintly, basically, that we need to spend every day of our life basically repenting for the pile of trash that we are. And we do this by carrying guilt. The guilt is the being nailed on the cross. The guilt is the punishment because the guilt, the punishment, and the suffering forgives you for your sins. Thus, the, and the forgiveness makes you worthy, right? Once you're forgiven, then you're worthy. And once you're worthy, you can receive heaven, meaning receive the good things you want to feel. So deep down, we're believing all the time on some very subconscious level 
that if we feel guilty enough, most of the time, (laughs) and we carry around that guilt and shame, we will be forgiven. In other words, we will be given a pass. We will not be punished by something horrible happening to us, and we will receive the kingdom of heaven, meaning receive beauty and goodness and safety and security and joy and thriving and love, unconditional love. And this is just, like I said, it's so absolutely subconscious. It's not that we're thinking this. It's not that we're consciously aware of this. And yet, it does, on that very subconscious level, it does not feel safe to let go of that guilt and shame because then you will be punished and you will be taught a lesson. You will be, there's like, I always have this sense of like, I'm going to be, you know, brought back to my humility. I need to be humbled. And we worship this humility and humbleness. Why do we worship it? Because it's safe. It's safe from the wrath of God. It's safe from the wrath of judgment. It's safe from us having to, it's like if we persecute ourselves enough or just the right amount, then we won't have to face this bigger persecution that we feel is looming. Now, I just want to say that, of course, this is, this is a very base, um, un, you know, a base understanding of that martyrdom and that you know, Jesus dying on the cross. I'm, there are many interpretations of that. And there are many meanings that can be attributed to that. And they, and none of them are more or less true. But I'm just sharing this for any of you who also were a little, who also feel and carry guilt and shame, aren't really sure why you never feel like you're good enough, aren't really sure why that you always feel like you're kind of worthless and need to earn back your worth, that you probably have interpreted that story in the same way. And if not that story, because you you never had any kind of religious um, religion in your family, then from movies and TV and books that all carry the religious same stories, but with new characters and new costumes and new faces. So they're the same old moral stories about how we're bad and need to be made better and good. And it's not that we're not always learning and involving, and it's not that there's not value in these things, but it's not that there's not value in learning about ourselves and experiencing ourselves in these different ways. But the reason why I'm sharing, I'm not going to go into a big philosophical discussion about this. I just want us to understand where this comes from, because there's a lot of relief in that understanding. Okay, because it helps you to see that you didn't just create all of that unworthiness yourself. It's, it's older than you. It's older than this lifetime. It's many soul lifetimes old. So whether or not you were raised with religious parents in this lifetime or not, you have been affected by these stories in this way. So I just kind of let all this knowing wash over me. And I've had this insight before 
quite a few times, but this was felt like a, on a whole new level. On a whole new level. So then I kind of said to myself, okay, 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 so I get, I get why it's really important <laughs> to say that I am innocence thing. Because I am literally walking around every day doing this to myself inflicting this guilt on myself, believing that I will be spared from something horrible happening somehow and believing that I will finally be made worthy and good enough if I, if I keep doing this to myself, if I hold this. And if I let it go, then I will be struck down, basically. And my, I didn't even, and I just should mention that I did not I wasn't raised in an extremely religious family. It probably sounds like I was based on what I'm saying, but I really wasn't. I think I just was very impacted by this imagery and this story. I was very, very much picked up on it. So my parents were, uh, we did go to church and stuff when I was little, but we kind of stopped going to church when I was pretty young, maybe around nine or 10 or 11 or something like that. And then we never went again. And then we weren't very religious after that in any way Um, or religious at all. So no matter what your experience is, you've been, we've probably been touched by this in some way. But um, so what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. So I was realizing, okay, that's why it's important I get, I get it now why it's really important to remind myself every day that I am innocent. But then I said to myself, yeah, but both innocence and guilt are my children. Like all sides of the coin live in me. And I strive to know that and live that all the time. Like I don't need to just be one thing. I think the our power is in owning both things. And my higher wisdom in that moment was like, yes, (laughs) that's true. That is very true. And you have been feeding the guilt side of this equation and nourishing that side of the equation and just giving all of your energy and focus, not all, but a large percentage of your energy and focus subconsciously and unconsciously to this guilt and shame that is really important that you now put a focused, intentional amount of energy into its opposite in order to balance this out and in order to truly know you are both. So don't just skip over this step by saying both of these things live in me. Just do it. (laughs) Basically, it was like, just do it. Just put it on the calendar and just repeat it every day. So that is what I am going to do. And I invite you to join me in that. Now, what's going to happen when you do that is you are probably going to meet places where it feels like you're seeing seeing and feeling evidence of the opposite of that. You're not feeling that. You're still feeling guilty. Or maybe you're even noticing more of the guilt at first. And I want to assure you that that is natural and just a natural part of the process. And you just choose again and you reaffirm again that you are innocence. You are this innocence. You are that. So yes, 
there is guilt and there is innocence. And now we're needing to put some energy and focus into that innocence. And if it helps you to be able to first see that innocence in other beings, animals, things, children first, so that you can look for those things in yourself, then do that. Do that first. Because sometimes you're so saturated in it that you can't find that in yourself. So look for it. What are those qualities in children, in animals or whatever? And then find those things, those same qualities in you. And I challenge you to find that innocence in things that you considered mistakes. I challenge you to find that innocence in things that you think are guilty. I challenge you to challenge all of these things that we've been told that should not be. That are all the aspects of ourselves that we have called unworthy and we have called bad and we shun those parts of ourselves and thus we don't feel loved and thus we don't feel enough and thus we are constantly seeking to fill that void with things and people and validation and it's never worked and it's never enough and it never goes anywhere we've been trying to be good enough since the dawn of time it's not going to happen So we need to embrace, or I'm choosing to, we don't need to do anything. I am choosing to, and for anyone who cares to join me in it, I am choosing to, once again, remind myself to embrace all of myself. And just accept, like, and not make it into some big, heavy shadow dive either. Because I've done a lot of that. And I feel like that was more punishment. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Now that I'm looking in retrospect. Not that it wasn't valuable. But I'm at a different stage now. And what feels right now. At this stage. Is to be like. Yeah. I'm not a saint. Surprise. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I'm not a saint. And it's how I was made. And it's how we've all been made. And it's all okay. And it's all worthy of love and understanding. That's going to take a higher view in me. But I've got it. I've definitely got it. So just like, yeah, I'm not perfect. Busted. I'm not a saint. Busted. I'm an angel, though. All of us are angels, but we're not saints. (laughs) It depends on your definition, of course. But I like to think of it that way. And I like to see it that way, that everyone is really just pure, unconditional love. And we can get very, very, very extremely looking the opposite of that. The absolute opposite of that. And that is the amazing trick 
of God. Meaning the universe, meaning life, meaning energy, meaning consciousness, meaning source. That it can look many, 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 many different ways and yet is never really in any danger of being lost to itself, to yourself, to myself, to ourselves, because we are that. Okay, so all of this is assuming that you are with me in choosing to know that this is a friendly universe, that this is an unconditionally loving universe. Obviously, if you believe in a vengeful and jealous God, this is certainly not going to be for you. And if you believe that God is something separate from you that you need to earn your worthiness from, then this is not going to be for you. This is for those that understand that and know within their heart and soul or have chosen to know that you are that and that that love is never withheld from you and is lives at your center at all times and can be accessed by you and known to you and is available to you at all times in and as God, the universe, the cosmos, consciousness, whatever you would like to call it. So with that, then I would just ask you to join me in. So two things. One is if you feel called repeating the I am innocence daily or weekly or however much feels comfortable to you. And then when you notice the opposite feelings, just notice. Be like, oh, oh, I'm noticing this guilt. Oh, I'm noticing that I'm feeling like I'm not good enough or I'm bad or I'm unworthy and that I need this guilt to, even if you don't really relate to the sense that you need to hold the guilt, because I think that's very subconscious. It's not something you think about consciously. But when you notice yourself feeling those opposite of love feelings, opposite of innocence feelings, just notice, oh, there's that story. There's that story. And then just be like, yeah, I'm not a saint. I'm not a saint. And I'm worthy of love. And you find that love in your center. Because as I've gone over so much in so many of my programs we can get that love from outside of us we can get that validation from outside of us we can get that feet temporary feeling of worthiness from outside of us that makes us feel safe and makes us feel like we're worthy of receiving that kingdom of heaven and by the way what i mean by receiving the kingdom of heaven is the good stuff in this life meaning happiness and joy and safety and security and love and all the things in this life we can get those things from outside of us, but we never feel secure and it's never enough. And we always go back to defaulting to that guilt because as long as we believe it's outside of us, we're powerless and we feel that emptiness. So this is about reorienting to our home within 
and centering ourselves there and redirecting ourselves there when we get pointed outward, which is going to happen a heck of a lot (laughs) because we're so used to it. We're so trained in it. So compassion for yourself, patience for yourself in this, and just bringing more conscious awareness to this. So I hope that helps. Let me know if you have any questions or feedback about it at sunnychapman.com forward slash ask. And if you have not joined us in the private podcast, the new private podcast, which has some more personal stories and some more in-depth episodes with more help like this, you can check that out at sunnychapman.com forward slash private pod. See you there. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. And if you'd like to find out more about me and my work, you can find me at sunnychapman.com.